today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. Everything that men could even begin to count on to depend upon their security within themselves, their own abilities to be able to take care of themselves. And I don't care if you are a survivalist, if you are a great farmer, whatever you've got stored up anywhere. At this point in time, everything now, the world is completely shaken, completely rattled. Lack of sunshine, the disruption again of the moon and all of its impact. All of these things continue to cause the world to spiral downward in every aspect. Why? Because man wouldn't look up. So God continued to bring it down. There is going to come a time where no amount of preparation will be enough. Man is given ample information about God. The gospel is being shared now more than ever before thanks to electronics and the internet. Pastor David is highlighting today how even the most prepared person will be on their knees. The only thing that we need to be doing to get ready for the last days is to accept Jesus. If we seek first the kingdom of God, all the rest of the stuff will fall into place. Without him, it all falls apart. Well, let's join Pastor David in the book of Revelation chapter 8 with today's edition of The Open Word. Seven angels given seven trumpets. Now we're going to see the significance of these seven trumpets and their differences, as not only as we move through chapter 8, but also chapter 9, chapter 10, and chapter 11. All these chapters go into the, the issues of these seven trumpets. But for the Jew in general... And John in particular, the trumpet would have had a very, very significant meaning, a very significant understanding for him. For the most part, in the Jewish culture, the trumpet had three primary uses. First of all, they were used as kind of a general call together. In early Americana, when the, the church bells would just start ringing and people in these small villages would come together, oh, the bells ring, something must be happening, let's go and gather down at the uh, town hall area or the, the village center and see what's going on. Trumpets were the same way for the Jew of that time. They would gather the people together. It was also a call to battle, depending upon what they played and how they played on that trumpet. It could be a great warning that the enemy is on hand or it's time to press against the enemy. And then the third way that the trumpets were used is to announce special times, uh, feast days, uh, services, worship services, those kinds of things. So three different ways. Well, the first six of these trumpets... They're going to be sounding, but they're going to be sounding in preparation of some great calamity that's coming on the earth. When the seventh or final trumpet is sounded, that's going to be in chapter 11. And it's going to be a declaration, and it's actually going to begin a time of worship in chapter 11. But for right now, here in chapter 8, verse 2 says, Seven angels 
given seven trumpets. So let's move on. Verse 3. Now there's another angel, an eighth angel. It says, Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. And he was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hands. This other angel, we don't know a whole lot about him, but he carries this golden censer. And maybe if you grew up Catholic, you knew what that censer was, but in essence it was, it was a bowl and on a long chain and the priest would walk around with the incense burning in it and that would be again symbolic of the prayers that were going on. This is where again the altar itself was located just outside the veil of the Holy of Holies. And this is where the priest would burn the incense during those times of the morning and the evening prayers. This angel, this particular angel, was given much incense. And I believe that symbolizes the amount of prayers, the great amount of prayers, of all of the saints that have been offered up through the ages. These prayers, along with the smoke of the incense, it says that they ascended up to God. But then something strange happened. Look at verse 5. Then the angel, after he's burning this incense, it's going on up to God, he says, then the angel, in verse 5, took the censer, he filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. The silence is definitely ended at this point in time. Turmoil is about to break loose. You might look at this at the seventh seal here, the very beginning, that all heaven is about to break loose on earth. All heaven is about to break loose. Verse 6, so the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. The first four trumpets sound, they're going to bring natural disasters to the earth and to the immediate heavens, to the sun, the moon, the stars, at least to our atmosphere. Listen to what he says in verse 7. The first angel sounded, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Have you guys been watching the news? Anybody been watching the news about all the fires going on in the western states right now? It's just absolutely amazing. But you know what? That ain't nothing compared to what's going to happen. They say that right now, and I, I checked this out today at the USDA, Department of Agriculture, the Forest Service, their website. Do you know that as of today, there are at least 23 large incident fires that are going on in the western United States. Now, we're not even talking about the fires that are going on in Arizona. They don't even count them because they're not large incident fires. But we're talking five major fires in California right now, one in Colorado, Nevada has two, Oregon six, Utah one, Washington three. There is a total of 735,000 acres in the western United States that are on fire. That's a lot of fire. The year-to-date statistics, there's been over 33,185 fires, and they burned over 1.6 million 
acres. And we think, that's huge. That's outrageous. That's not even 0.01% of a third of the trees and the grass that's on fire. And this says a third of the trees are going to be burnt up. Now, it seems, as he's saying this, the words that are used for the grasses as well as the trees refer actually more to agricultural food sources. Some have said that it refers primarily to fruit-bearing trees and to the grains, you know, the the wheats, the corns, uh, the barleys, all those kinds of things, that all of that, one-third of all of that would be true. And again, just as bad as one-third of all the trees and all the grasslands, one-third of all the fruit-producing trees and the fruit-producing grasses and fields would be just as bad, again, because of the massive disruption of, of the food supply. Because this isn't just a local thing. No, what does he say? Of all the earth, it was thrown to the earth, a third burnt up of all the trees and of all the green grass burnt up. Whatever the case, this first trumpet now is blown. And again, we see the burning. We see the waste of the farmland. We look today and the massive farmlands that we have in our country. And you can kind of like look at a map of the United States bring into the center of it, go from North Dakota to South Dakota to Nebraska to Kansas to Oklahoma and Texas. That's what they call the breadbasket of the United States. Nearly one-third of the United States right there producing so much. And we produce 12% of all of the world's food. And if just one-third of our country was destroyed... What a mess that would be all over the world. But he's saying one-third of the world. What a humongous impact that would have. No wonder when we were looking back over at the third seal, and it says that, again, that black horse came in, and I heard the voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius, three quarts of barley for a denarius. Again, food becoming so scarce at this point in time. But now we move on, because in verse 8 we have the second angel. The second angel sounded, and something like, now catch this, it says, something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. Well, does that mean a mountain was thrown into the sea? No, it says something like a great mountain. Could it be a huge meteorite that comes in and falls into the sea? Absolutely, it could. And what happens with that? It says, and a third of the sea became blood. And because of that, I believe that a third of the living creatures in the sea died. They just could not live in that. So here it is on the oceans of the world. Three-fourths of the world's surface is in the oceans. And now we're saying one-third of that has become Again, polluted, it's become like blood, and one-third of all the creatures that are in that now are going to perish. And it says then a third of all the ships are destroyed. So you've got a third of the ocean that's destroyed. 
So much of our food supply, yet even still, comes from the ocean. Not only the creatures of the ocean, but even the plants of the ocean. So much comes into the food supply of the entire world. Everything from ocean creatures now to plant life, depending upon that ocean, and yet now a third of it is destroyed. Again, looked up and found according to uh, what's called the Shipping Intelligence Weekly. At that point in time, there was around 59,000 registered cargo ships actively in use around the world. Now, if you include commercial fishing ships, cruise liners, naval vessels, all of these things, that brings it up to about 90,000 large ships that are actively floating in the world's waterways at any given time. This second angel's trumpet, it says it's going to call in the annihilation of one-third of all of those ships at that point in time. So from the cargo ships to every ship, that could be anywhere from 20 to 30,000 ships that are destroyed. What cargo that's left, or what food products that are left, what goods that are available on those ships that are going all over the world, one-third of it. Boom, it's destroyed, no longer available. Seagoing merchant industry is going to be pretty well significantly wiped out at that point in time. We move on, though, because it keeps getting worse and worse. It does not get better. Verse 10 says, Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch. This one for sure seems like a meteorite that would have come down burning like a torch, but this time instead of falling into the ocean, it says that it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. Now, wait a minute, how can one star come down and hit on that? Very easily, because if it's shattered, if it's destroyed, even as it comes through our atmosphere and just scatters around and the impact of that, getting even into our atmosphere. It says in verse 11, the name of the star is Wormwood, and that idea is bitterness says, a third of the waters became wormwood, and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. So here we see the food supply. First of all, it's devastated by the destruction of fruit trees and all of the grains. And then all of the ocean supply is impacted. A third of it's gone almost immediately. Now this third angel comes, sounds the ruin of all the fresh water supplies. A third of the rivers and of the springs of water. Mankind is now truly going to know what it is to hunger and to thirst. But he's not hungering and thirsting for righteousness. He's not hungering and thirsting for the things of God. No, they're going to hunger and thirst for the bare necessities of survival. I wouldn't even call it life at this point in time. It's just being able to survive. Wormwood in the water, bitter, undrinkable. They'll try to drink it, but as it says here, but many will die from it as a result. They're poisoned water supplies. We need to understand the effect of this poisoning of these now fresh water supplies. Not only is that impacting man, but that impacts all the creatures. We look at those that live and survive off of this fresh water. So it's not only man that's going to perish during this, 
because of this natural disaster, but literally all the creatures of the earth are going to be impacted. The sea creatures, when that's brought in, now the freshwater creatures and all those that depend upon that for, again, for water supply. Now we get to chapter 12, the fourth angel. The fourth angel sounded. Now we have a third of the sun that was struck and a third of the moon, a third of the stars, so that a third of them were darkened. A third of the day would not shine, and likewise the night. Now the calamity moves on into the heavens, and I really believe when we look at this, it's probably not so much the sun itself that's being stricken and the moon itself that's being struck, or even a third of the stars at this point in time. I'm believing that our atmosphere has gotten so bad and so intense that, again, daytime is like night and Nighttime, there's hardly anything that we can see just because of the grossness of it. They say that over in Kuwait, during all of the oil fires and stuff, during the battles that were going on there, it became almost like nighttime just because of the pollution in the air from all of these things. Well, if we've got fire going on here from all of the burning of a third of the trees and a third of the green, we see all of this other things, this, this star falling down out of heaven, burning like a torch. Do you not think that that's going to impact our atmosphere, what we're able to see, and how that's going to impact even all of the elements, just the destruction that's going to be there. Again, this coming into play, everything now, everything about life gets knocked off of balance. Everything that men could even begin to count on to depend upon their security within themselves, their own abilities to be able to take care of themselves. And I don't care if you are a survivalist, if you are a great farmer, or whatever you've got stored up anywhere. At this point in time, everything now, the world is completely shaken, completely rattled. Lack of sunshine, the disruption again of the moon and all of its impact. All of these things continue to cause the world to spiral downward in every aspect. Why? Because man wouldn't look up. And so God continued to bring it down, down, and down. The judgment, the wrath of God falling on the earth. And then the interesting thing is verse 13. And I looked, and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, you ain't seen nothing yet. Okay, that's my version of what he says. Listen to what he says. Woe, 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 a triple woe. Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. So if that wasn't bad enough, now the rest of it is going to come. As we continue on in this, we're going to see a little bit of similarities between some of the seals and some of the trumpets. Then as we get further in and we start looking at the bowl judgments that will be coming on a little bit later, beginning in chapter 16, we're going to see some similarities, some parallels with these things. And so some people say, well, is he just saying the same thing over and over and over again? Or the seals one thing and then the trumpets were just another way of looking at it and then the bowls another way of looking at it? I don't believe so. I think that there is this continuous growth of just the woes that are on the earth. 
And we can't even begin to imagine that ourselves again in the relative comfort that we have in, in the place that we live. But let me ask you right now, you know, how do you think the people in some of these northern Africa countries, particularly like you look in Cairo, you look in some of the other areas when this Arabian Spring came through and suddenly the, the Muslims rose up and their cities were absolutely destroyed, some beautiful cities that had been there, some of them literally for thousands of years. There were great tourist uh, places to go and visit and be a part of. Now they're so absolutely annihilated and so destroyed. All you have to do is look at the pictures again. Man, we look at the battles that are going on right now with Israel and from Gaza, from the Hamas in Gaza. It doesn't take much to make something into nothing. And when we start seeing these things and all of these things that are being poured out on the earth, what little bit we see in these areas of war right now and and devastation right now, and we can multiply that multiple, multiple, multiple times. Life is not going to be like we see it now. It's not going to be the kind of thing that says, well, the end is done and we're done. No, those that are left here after the rapture of the church, and again, I believe chapter 4, the beginning verses when they tell John, come up here, and in a moment, John was up in the heavens. I believe that that symbolically speaks, again, of the church being ushered up into the heavenlies. We look at the word and says that we, his children, were not appointed under wrath, but yet God's wrath is going to come. So where are we going to be in the midst of it? I believe that we're going to be taken out of here. Why? Because our faith, our trust, our commitment is to the Lord Jesus Christ. There will come a time when God says, but enough is enough. And he's warned us all the way from the Old Testament thousands of years ago to even tonight as we look at his word tonight. The truth of God's word. It cannot be denied. It can be ignored, but it can't be denied because it will come about and it will complete all that he's said he did. Oh, that man would take advantage of that time of silence. If man, as we read in Zephaniah, would say, hey, before the judgment comes, now's the time, now's the time to come to me to see if maybe I could hide you in the midst of that devastation. Whenever we read through and study Passages, whether it be Old Testament prophecy or New Testament prophecy. We start looking at these end days and we can, we can sit back and say, wow, boy, that's really going to be bad. Boy, those guys are going to be really messed up. You know, man, I'm so, so glad I'm not going to be there. I don't want that to be your heart and mind. What I want your heart and mind to be is, Lord, there are multitude, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of literally billions of people that do not know the Savior. Am I just saying, hey, I'm glad I got my bus ticket, too bad about you? Or do we really have compassion on the lost? And do we really care the fact that, you know, this this is truly, truly going to happen? An event that in God's eyes is already history. For us, it's future. But God sees it as complete. May our hearts be moved two ways. Number one, to be serious about our walk in Christ because that day is coming. And two, 
that we would have compassion on the lost and that we would be willing to share the truth of God's word and the hope of salvation with them. We've come to the end of our time together for today. But if you're not ready to be done yet, you can find additional messages from The Open Word. Pastor David is here to share how you can continue listening. Hey, thanks, Chris. We love getting the Word of God out to as many people as possible. All the teachings you hear on The Open Word have been preserved on our website. You're welcome to access them. Visit theopenword.com to listen to or download the messages God has supplied from His Word. That website again is theopenword.com or you can search for The Open Word Podcast on iTunes and subscribe for free. I'd like to encourage you to take these messages with you on the go. You never know when you'll have a moment of peace in your day. So why not fill it with God's Word? I hope you continue to study the Bible and that it continues to bless you and fill you with His joy. Thanks, Pastor David. We're so glad these resources are available to us whenever we want them. The book of Revelation is so often shrouded in mystery with its outlandish pictures of winged creatures by the throne of God and roaming the earth. As we continue to study, though, we'll be able to discern how these pictures all point to the one spotless lamb who conquered all through laying down his life. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, the lamb, give us a call at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. We'd love to share the greatest story with you, the one where God came down to earth to join in a relationship with us. That's all for today, but join us next time right here on The Open Word.